We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 97.1 fm talk on demand audio so a friend of mine is on the phone with us his name is james amos he lived in ukraine and I didn't know this, but I, I called him. I thought, well, he's my friend. He lived in Ukraine. We can get on the ground reporting. Well, at least how it was, the culture, the people, what's going to happen. You know, we don't know. As Westerners, I don't know what Ukraine is like. He does. He's here with us this morning, but he's apparently getting ready to do a TV hit. So he's not just my friend. He's a celebrity, and I didn't know that. And he is actually in Africa right now. Yeah. Today, uh, we live in uh, Nairobi, Kenya. I'm here training uh, Kenyans how to become missionaries. And the route that you got to Kenya went through Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, when we first left the United States, I'm a, I'm a pastor and a church planner, and when we first left the United States in 2019, we lived in Ukraine for almost all of, of 2019 uh, in the worker city for the uh, Chernobyl nuclear power plant. It's a city called uh, Slavudich. They built it after the accident. For the workers. So, James, as we're all becoming much more familiar with the map of Ukraine, watching it on the news now, what part of what what you know area of Ukraine is that? Yeah, so it, it's technically an enclave uh, that's part of the Kiev Oblast, the Kiev, Kiev region. But it's it feels like it's it's about an hour and a half to the north in what you call uh, Chernihiv. So we were within a couple of miles of the Belarusian border. Okay, I was going to say uh, you must have been, yeah, pretty pretty close to the border there because Kiev is pretty pretty, uh, you know, high up in the in the map there. Um, so you were there yeah. for what did you say, roughly six months to a year? Between that, yeah. For we, we we were also briefly in Israel and Latvia, but we spent almost all of 2019 living in Ukraine, and we had been there before, and we have uh, relationships there, uh, people that we love and care about, and are really worried about right now. So when you see President Biden coming out and speaking uh, about, um, you know, sanctions and things, and when you're watching this war break out, what is your initial reaction? I mean, what do, what do you think about? Is it people you know? Is it the nation at large? What comes to mind? I mean, the biggest thing that's on my mind is just, you know, I have the, the advantage of it, it isn't a hypothetical place. I'm thinking about real people that I know and love and care about. I can see their faces. And this is really sad. These people, uh, many of them that are my age or older, they grew up in the Soviet Union, and they knew what it was like to be effectively occupied for three generations. And then they got freedom, and they had kids. And those kids grew up in a free Ukraine. And, you know, I, I have this visual idea in my head today of them all, uh, being shackled again, and it really breaks my heart, and I know that they don't want it. 
James, what what's the difference for a, a citizen of Ukraine under a, a government like they have now under Zelensky at the moment? And what would be the difference between going back and being a part of Russia on a daily basis? Well, you know, sure. I mean, I mean, the, the, this country, uh, Ukraine, officially had a revolution in 2014, and they they made the decision as a nation that they don't want to go back to looking to Russia to be the leader of their their life. Uh, they they want to be with the West, and they. Um, you know, they know what it is to not have freedom. They know what it is to not trust the simple word the government says. They know what it is to not have control of their lives. Like one example that comes to mind, you know, I was living in a nuclear city. So all the people that live there, literally almost every person that lives there was moved there, not by their choice, by the Soviet Union to work in a nuclear power plant that exploded. And then after that, they still had to live there. They still had to stay there. And because of economic situations after the fall of the Soviet Union, that's all they own. Many of them still live there today. So they didn't make those choices. And they know what it's like to have people leading their lives. Uh, and they don't, they don't want it. Speaking with James Amos, who is a pastor and a missionary, spent some time in Ukraine. Good friend of mine. I, I feel weird introducing you because I usually am introducing guests that I don't know as well <laughs> who are experts, but you are indeed a good, good yeah. friend of mine. Um, <clears throat> so in... As you know, the people of Ukraine better than most people I would talk to, which is why you're on the phone with me. What does an yeah. occupation look like? You know, this is now a war. Are we talking because we keep hearing yeah. that there are people in Ukraine who are Russian apologists? You know, they 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 actually kind of side with Russia. That would be more in the eastern part of Ukraine, I, I assume. But is a is an occupation yeah. of Ukraine even possible? with the, the mindset you just talked about of Ukrainians wanting to be separate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it is a complex situation. In the area that I lived in, it was mostly Russian-speaking peoples, because that's, that's how they grew up. Um, but that does not mean that they were pro-Russia. I met a few people who were. They exist. Um, but uh, nobody wants to be attacked, that's for sure. And uh, you're basically, I think I hear you asking, are these people going to fight? And yeah. my, my gut answer is, yeah, I think most of them will fight. I, I, you know, I, I don't know how long that lasts. Um, the willingness to fight uh, diminishes as more and more of the people willing to fight die. I mean, I don't want to be graphic, but I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, um, these people were crushed. Uh, their, their ancestors, a few generations back, were crushed in the 20s and 30s. And they, they viewed themselves as essentially occupied for most of the 20th century. And no, they, they don't, they don't want to go back to that. Okay. Well, um, you know, I want to ask you some questions. I, I'm, I'm trying to properly phrase them because sure. in the light of current events, you know, we've talked about this before, just, you know, because we talk, um, about your time in yeah. Ukraine. And you said something once that really stuck out to me and I've remembered it even through, cause this has probably been, Huh. Two, three years ago, you told me this, and it was maybe it was when you were in Ukraine, yeah. that you said, you know what I'm finding here? Because you, you were working in churches, right? Mostly? Yeah, that's right. Evangelical churches. And, you know, evangelicals are only about 3% of the population of Ukraine. It's not only people I talk to, but that's who I had the deepest relationship with and still do. And But what you said was that because there's not a, a large contingency of 
you know, as we would call them, evangelical Christians, uh, there seemed to be a level of, I don't know, trust in hierarchy. Am I am I misrepresenting what you said to me? Uh, that there was a trust in them? Yeah, that they, we as Westerners, especially United States citizens, we think very individualistically mm-hmm. about life and about even our relationship with God, but that you were talking about the church there, and this seemed to be exemplary yeah. of the population, that they were very willing to sort of look to a a leader, an earthly leader, and, and it was a little bit foreign to you as a Westerner. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that the culture is, is significantly different in many ways, and uh, you feel that immediately when you're there. Uh, there but yeah, I guess I don't remember, unfortunately, exactly the, the conversation that you and I had on that point. I'm sorry that I don't. No, I mean, but, it, it's um, just, I'm really asking the larger question about, you know, are are Ukrainians independent-minded in the same way that a, that a United States citizen would be, that like the rugged individualist mindset? I, I think the basic answer to that is um, that the younger generations are, and the older generations are not as much. Uh, and, and there's a there's a, a real shift there. But I, my my sense about it is, I mean, we, I talk to many people about the Soviet era. I talk to many people about the Maidan Revolution. I wanted to know what they think, and they were willing to talk to me. And the consistent message that I got from people is. Um, our country has made a choice that we want to look west. We do not want to look north and east, and we have made our decision. And you know, they, it's it's about personal freedom. So in that sense, there there uh, there is an independent spirit. Yeah. So uh, this is a this is a tough question to answer because I, you won't know the answer. But what happens now? I mean, are we talking sure. about like guerrilla warfare? You've been oh, on the ground. Man. What does it look like? I I. I think guerrilla warfare will certainly happen on some level. I don't know how long it'll it'll last. I I, I want to say two things about that. One is I'm I'm very saddened by this. I I think that they'll lose, and I think that they will be occupied because Soviet troops going into that country are not going to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very saddened for my my friends and the people that I know and care about. Um, and I want to say, on top of that, as hopeless as it is, and I've, I've been very sad today, um, I still believe that Jesus is king. I believe that he rules nations, and he can overcome every situation. Uh, and I think that's what—it was amazing to everyone what happened in 1991, and those things can happen again. Um, James, but, there's, uh, there's a, a sense—yeah, sorry, with our lag, I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but— um, with there's okay. a sense in the United States, at least I'm sensing from people I've talked to, you know, we've been on the radio this week talking about it. There's a sense of not hopelessness, but almost like aimlessness as U S citizens. We know this is kind of a big deal. It's something we don't like. Everybody's kind of heavy over it, but we don't know what to do about it as a, as a pastor, as a person yeah. who lived in Ukraine, what can we be praying? What can we be praying for Ukraine right now? Yeah. I think you want to pray for people that they will not lose their hope in the Lord Jesus uh, to intervene and take care of things, and that He will, God will strengthen people in a very, very sad, difficult time. I know a lot of men are kissing their kids goodbye and going uh, off to potentially fight right now, and we we're praying for peace 
And we're also praying that God help each individual individual person to keep trusting him. And, uh, yeah, we're just praying that um, God do things that human beings cannot do because this is a very difficult situation. James, Amos, thank you very much for your time. I I appreciate it, and I, I hate to have to catch up to you, with you in, in such a weird circumstance, but I do appreciate you. Hey, uh, Ryan, you're uh, somebody I respect as much as anybody in the world. I love and care about you, and it's my joy to get to catch up with you briefly today, even though it's under hard circumstances. Thanks for the phone call, man. All right, brother. Let's stay in touch. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.